You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. We're here to recap a White Sox win. The White Sox win 11-4 in Anaheim. Great pitching from Johnny Cueto, and the bats exploded, even though it took a couple innings for them to get warmed up. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow the man in the middle at Ecknerwall23. His name's Herb Lawrence. Hello. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. <laughs> Sox win 11-4. We're really not in the, the groove for some reason today. A little more pep in uh, Herb's step tonight after the big uh, offensive performance. It's 11-4, and it's 12-03. So uh, you're getting as much energy as we could possibly muster right now. Um, it was an interesting game. It was really kind of deflating in the first part uh, when the White Sox weren't hitting. And then the White Sox hit, and then it kind of just got long. Um, I, I don't know what you made of this game, Herb and Vinny, but... What'd you make of the game? I thought initially the White Sox just were having not poor bats, just uh, mediocre bats versus this guy who started the game. And I can't even remember his name. It's such a long time ago. Uh, Chase Sil- Silseth. 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 Oh, my God. Someone responded when he was dominating earlier. Someone responded to some tweet I sent calling him Cy Silseth. Ooh. And I'm like, his name is already hard enough to say. Let's not throw that other S, S that others in there. Come on. Cy is a better name than Chase, though. They could not see that guy early. What? Cy? Yeah. You would name a kid Cy today. Over Chase. You'd name a kid Cyrus. Versus Chase? Yeah. No. Cyrus Anderson. Cyrus is way cooler than Chase Anderson. I don't know. if I. I don't, Chase don't, Anderson was a Brewers pitcher, wasn't he? I mean, I I'm not here. Be. I'm not here defending the name Chase, but I'm not. I'm very much not defending the name Cyrus. Oh, Cyrus! <laughs> and also, I mean, it's just it's two letters. It's Cy. I don't know. Cy Silseth, though. But I'm glad the White Sox <laughs> eventually got to Mister Silseth. I was very upset when you got the home runs all in that inning versus Velasquez, then Trout and Otani. You know, you're going to give up home runs to Trout and Otani, and you're going to give up home runs. Make them solo shots. Johnny Cueto was struggling in that inning all the rest of the innings, got through six, was smooth. Gave up seven hits, six innings, another quality start for Johnny Cueto. So that was good, giving the team a chance to win. And then the bats just woke up. And 
I and Vinny can attest this. I was shitting on Lurie Garcia's at bat. I was like, this guy is crap. It's a 2-0 count. Why is he late? What a bum. Lurie Garcia single. Starts the whole rally. So I'm sorry, King Lurie. I am I apologize. You started this. Eleven to four is because of Lurie Garcia in that inning. So bow to Lurie Garcia. I will never question you again. Yes, I will. Ha. I like King Leary, <laughs> kind of like King Lear. I, I like that, you know, we've used an overused Leary legend. Uh, I like uh, King Leary. But, uh, you know, kind of a weird game like you were mentioning. Tim Anderson leads the game off with a, a hit against Cy Silseth. Um, and then until the top of the fourth They're inning. showing off now. The White Sox. The White Sox. You're not going to make it through an ad read later, but you can say Cy Silseth really quickly. <laughs> hey, the Owen one. The Owen one's in the second read, so I have a, a couple times to figure out which go. one's the W and which one's the Y. Um, but in the top of the fourth, Luis Robert gets a double, uh, and but that was after Cy Stilson sets down 11 straight White Sox. Um, it was pretty shocking uh, to see him have so much success against this team, and they were hitting the ball hard, and then it finally just started breaking open in the fifth inning. Um, but before we get to that part, the bottom of the first, there was a scary moment. Uh, Taylor Ward fly, flew out to center, Trout grounded out to first, and then Otani doubled. And we saw there was a moment there where it looked like Johnny Cueto's back possibly flared up on him. And it was like, oh, no, what do the White Sox even do in this moment if Cueto goes down? Because Cueto's been fantastic. I want to go to the stat from Chris Kampka. This was obviously after tonight, but Johnny Cueto uh, now seven starts of six-plus innings pitch leading the team. Uh, six innings tonight, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this stat later and the kind of the sink of this team, but Cueto's been huge for this team, and the idea of losing him, especially in the first inning, was scaring the hell out of me. He finished the game off looking strong. I don't know what you guys have made of Johnny Cueto's tenure here as the White as a White Sox starter, but it's been impressive. I'm, I'm getting a nice insight into White Sox fandom here tonight, I believe, because uh, we have started the show talking about how good Chase Silseth was and Johnny Cueto almost getting hurt. This is what in the industry we call burying the lead, guys. <laughs> 11 runs, 17 hits. The bats the finally came to, to play. It. My goodness, the White Sox. Holy smokes. Who is this team all of a sudden? Uh, listen, I mean, they kept saying it on the broadcast. Absolutely true. They needed a game like this, right? I mean... Smokes, they scored eight runs in four days against a last-place Baltimore team. Looked, you know, they, they had some timely hits last night in the, in the first game in Anaheim, but only mustered three runs. This is what this lineup is supposed to do. This is what this lineup is built to do. And you haven't, we haven't seen it for three months. And, you know, listen, one night of, of good offensive production doesn't mean they'll be any good tomorrow against Shohei Otani. Right. But... This is a, a, a much-needed game for the White Sox. If they're going to turn this around, if the, if the so-called, the much-ballyhooed back-of-the-baseball cards are going to happen, it's going to be like this. This is how they're going to do it. They have to realize, I mean, I'm sure they know, but that they are built to be a really, really good offensive team, and they need to have really, really good offensive nights like tonight. Luis Robert needs to keep hitting the ball 450 <laughs> feet. Josh Harrison is, is on fire, but, uh, you know, Jose Abreu with a couple extra base hits today. Yoan Moncada comes back, two hits, two RBIs. 
This is this is the White Sox offense that that needs to show up on a regular basis if they're going to get out of this hole. Yeah, my bad on burying the lead there. The only uh, two players, uh, two starters that didn't get a hit for the White Sox, Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets, uh, for your White Sox today. Um, but you know, it was just kind of I bring up the idea of Cueto in, the, in that first inning, and then you know going to the third inning where he gives up three home runs. You mentioned it, you know. Them getting to three runs, the White Sox, was a struggle. So in that third inning, after that third inning, you're looking at that 3-0 deficit like, well, and the way can it, they come back? And the way it came, too. Right. I mean, Johnny Cueto's been pretty good, very good this season for the White Sox. To give up three homers in the span of four batters, I mean, if I told you that happened to any pitcher in baseball over the course of the season, you'd say, oh, they probably probably lost that game. They were probably short for that game. Johnny Cueto managed to lock it down after that inning, uh, and, and you're right. He's been very good for them. Um, but uh, the, the main thing there is is just keeping the Angels where they were, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you you, you it, when it comes to Johnny Cueto, all we've heard from Tony La Russa all year, and it's absolutely true, is he gives this team a chance to win. He's done it basically every time he's taken the mound for them this season, and even in on a night where he gives up three homers in one inning, he manages to give them a chance to win tonight, and, of course, they ended up scoring a billion runs, so they didn't. You know, it, 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 he didn't. He didn't need to be on his on his A game tonight, but he managed to do so anyway. Right, and Herb, I saw some people saying, you know, Johnny Cueto is is he the third starter now or, or something like that? Um, he's still the fifth starter, and he's yep. doing a quality job of, of what a fifth starter should do. Um, we consistently say, give us six innings of three earned run ball. That's what he gave you tonight. Let's look at the pitching line. Uh, six innings pitched for Johnny Cueto tonight. Uh, Ninety eight pitches total for him. Three earned runs, seven hits allowed, one walk in five Ks. Uh, Cy Silseth, uh, four and one-thirds, three earned runs, five hits, zero walks, and six Ks. Uh, but Cueto uh, kept them in the game. And again, top of the fifth, still pitching. Uh, and like you know, Vinny mentioned, uh, Zavala doubled, scoring Leary Garcia. Then Josh Harrison hit a homer, made it 3-3. And then the White Sox didn't stop when Luis Robert hit a homer 448 feet out to center, gave the Sox the 5-3 lead. And right there, that was the game-winning run uh, in, in the top of the fifth inning. And the Sox didn't look back. Um, what, what kind of energy or what kind of possible momentum could this build on or is it like Vinny said you know maybe the offense just doesn't show up tomorrow against Shohei Otani that is what it happens like Shohei Otani shows the White Sox are right back to square one it's good to have this type of offensive input uh, output right here two five inning or five run innings is very very unusual for this White Sox team but tomorrow, Shohei Tani can just go out and give you nine innings of no-hit ball versus the White Sox. And I'm not kidding. He can do that. But also you have the other guy going on the bump, Michael Kopech. So that has to feel good for the White Sox. And maybe, you know, like we are talking about with uh, Dylan Cease, you see the good stuff early and he's like, give me two. I need two. Or see a couple more pitches from Shohei Tani so he gets chased so we can get to that Anaheim bullpen. We saw that. Oof, friends, let's eat. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yep. I love that Anaheim bullpen. Let's keep on doing that. I know Tapera and uh, Rysel Iglesias didn't pitch tonight, but please give me those guys, the the, the loops and all those guys, because the White Sox will crush those hitters. And it was good to see them finally get to Silseth, too. Like, he was cruising early, and I was like, uh-oh, here we go. And then the home runs happened to uh, Johnny Cueto, and I was like, okay, we're just going to be losing to a lackluster team again and a pitcher that we've never heard of before who's gotten hit his last couple times. He just came up from AAA, and this guy's going to shut us down. But the White Sox responded big time. But, yeah, it's good to have the confidence of this game, 17 hits, 11 runs, but it doesn't mean anything tomorrow. 
Right. Shohei Tani's going to come up and he's going to be really tough on the White Sox. And they just have to have what they did today. Just be patient. Understand what Shohei's throwing out there. And maybe don't get into those deeper counts as they did uh, early in the season where they were really more aggressive early in the count. Because he's, as you saw on the uh, graphic of the uh, TV, he strikes out like 33% of his people he faces. So you don't want to get into an 0-2 count or 1-2 count with Joe Itani. Right, in about 68 innings pitched this year, he's got 90 Ks. But you mentioned the idea the more they saw Silseth, uh, the harder and harder those hits got. Uh, even in the fourth inning when they didn't score any runs, Andrew Vaughn hit a 100-mile-per-hour uh, line out. Luis Robert hit a double that was 113 miles per hour. Abreu hit a grounder that was 100 miles per hour. Gavin Sheets grounded out at 107 miles per hour and then you see Leary with a hard hit single for 95 miles per hour Sebi drove him in with a 97 mile per hour double and then Josh Harrison hit a homer that was 102 Tim Anderson uh, hit a single that was 105 so the White Sox really started just really rolling at, at that point and I asked this on Twitter why do people throw strikes to Luis Robert we saw him that first at bat looks as bad as can be just sliders outside the zone he was flailing everything I would never throw him a strike ever why would you throw him a strike, especially after that first at bat? Because he absolutely destroyed that ball. It's a was a slider that was just mm-hmm. middle in, crushed. That's what he does. Don't throw him strikes. And you know, as a White Sox fan, I'm glad you guys are dumb. I'm glad the scouting report is thrown away at the beginning of the game because the man, when he gets the ball in the zone, for the most part, will hit the ball really hard. So, American League teams keep on doing the some stuff. If you keep on doing that right down the middle of Luis Robert. Just throw him balls. Like Andrew like Andrew Vaughn late in the game, he was like flailing at those balls. It's like, did they switch bodies? Yeah. It's like, what happened? It was like uh, vice versa. Well, and two, I mean, you saw the way that Silseth was using his slider versus Robert. I mean, he just looked really rough in that early part of the game. And Ortega, I mean, tried to follow that up and, and just, you know, completely missed on that slider that was hit for a double. And then the, the, the home run, the forcing fastball uh, that got taken out too deep dead center uh, incredible reminded me of those those two home runs that Luis hit in 2020 the one in Kansas City mm. Herb that you bring up all the time that you know went I think over I-70 uh and then the one obviously in the playoff game in Oakland that you know he hit all the way to the other side of the bay 487 I mean, off Mike Fires. that the, and and that home run tonight reminded me of it and you go and you 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 watch Luis Robert and you go oh that's why that's why we've been talking about this guy so much. That's why he was a preseason MVP pick for a lot of folks. Um, he uh, he can do that, and he can carry a team. And when you stick him in the middle of that lineup, when it is clicking on all cylinders, you got you got a a team that other pitchers do not want to face. And that's what this White Sox team is supposed to be. That's what Luis Robert is supposed to be. Um, we haven't seen it for three months, but when they when they do this, they can. They can really make some noise in it, and it gives you some confidence, or at least it—it it might not give you confidence because you watch the other seventy-two games, right? But it—it it shows you that there is a reason why Rick Hahn and Tony Larusa and the players keep saying, "Just wait, they'll do it, they'll hit it. We know they're going to do it because that's in there. You saw it tonight. You know that they can do this." Well, let's talk a little bit about the sink. Let's go back to the the, the pitching staff there from Chris Kampka because we talked about this yesterday, the lack of sink. You get a good outing from Dylan Cease on Sunday and you only score four runs. And it's like, eh, you maybe want to give him a little bit more of help there. Uh, and you look at Kopech and, and Lynn, uh, you know, games where the Orioles, uh, I mean, the Lynn one, they ended up scoring six, the Orioles. Uh, but Kopech, I think they only scored four against him. Uh, Kopech gives you six innings. Lynn
Lynn gives you six and two thirds. Cease gives you seven innings. Giolito last night, uh, he gives you six innings. Cueto gives you six innings. And then you see tonight you get 11 runs and, and you see how easy it is to just blow out a sub 500 Angels team. Um, I don't know if the sink is there, but I think it's really good to see that depth from that starting pitching. You have been missing that this entire year. And then to have an outburst like this, 11 runs, it's exciting for the Sox. Well, it shows you how easy things can be for a team with this much talent, right? I mean, there are nights, I'm sure there have been a whole ton of them for the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, uh, you know, uh, that and the Los Angeles Dodgers that look like this. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the White Sox want to be one of those teams. They want to be one of the best teams in baseball. They have the roster and the talent to do it. They have not done it so far this season. But imagine if they get going. This is what this is what games can look like on a regular basis. It's not, oh, they finally scored seven runs, but the pitching wasn't there to back it up, and so now it's the ninth inning and it's seven to six and everybody's sweating bullets because they don't, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. Or, oh man, what a great pitching performance. They only gave up two runs. The offense went quiet, and it's two to nothing, and, and and you can't have it. If they do this on a regular basis, which is what the best teams in baseball do, then all of a sudden those how is this happening when X happens, Y does Y happen, then it's just out the window and you get some easy wins, which have been very hard to come by for the White Sox this year. You can probably count on one hand the number of easy wins that they've had. Well, and it felt, too, like we kept referring to the the game in in the first series against Detroit on that Sunday where they scored 10 runs. And it's like, when when are they going to score 10 runs again? And then they had to face Detroit again to finally score 10 runs. And then, hey, we get another game where they score 10 runs. Um, It feels like the offense is coming alive, and the the numbers show that at least in April this White Sox team scored 3.2 runs per game in May they scored four runs per game and so far in June including this game 5.2 runs per game so you know at least there is something there where the stats are saying hey maybe they're coming alive well they had that nice stretch obviously of I think it was three or four series in a row I I think if you even include the the Toronto series last week Mm -hmm. in which the bats were looking good and 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 that was fine and you know you were like oh weather heats up bats heat up it makes sense then Baltimore comes to town, and it's you know uh, back to back to square one a little bit with uh, not being able to score any runs. You saw it again last night. Now tonight is going to make a big difference. Going to make make a nice dent in that run differential, which of course st- the, they started this road trip still at minus fifty something. <laughs> you know that's going to go down pretty good to uh, or, minus forty five. I guess yeah. It's that's it's what what would you say down? It goes up. What is it doing? It's negative. It went up. It goes up. It'll go up. Yes. Because they're up towards zero. It'll go up to negative 45, (laughs) apparently. Uh, And that's the right direction. But, uh, you know, again, it's about consistency. They don't need to score 11 runs every night. But they got to not have five-game stretches where they only scored two. Well, and White Sox fans, (laughs) and I think the White Sox wouldn't be mad if they scored 11 every night. It just might be unrealistic. I'm just saying, they don't (laughs) – they can they can get they can turn this thing around without scoring eleven runs yes. tonight. That we're, you're already asking a lot of this White Sox team to come <laughs> back from what happened. Now you're going to ask them to score eleven runs tonight. That's that's not going to happen. It'd be nice. And common denominator. I know the first game was Yoan was still on the uh, IL, but the five for five game they scored a bunch of runs. So Yoan today two RBIs batting in the sixth position. This team when they put everything together where they just have two guys not getting hits. They can do this all the time, as Vinny says. Like, when I was talking in the pregame and people were looking at him, when we were watching the DVD at the end of the year, <laughs> the championship DVD, Wow, this is it. Not only that, Herb, you're still buying DVDs? 
My fiance buys a lot of them. Really? Really? Yeah, she, really? Yeah. Courtney, what Yo, are you doing? She, she's. I, I don't know why. She <laughs> goes to Walmart and gets the uh, the, 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 bin, the, bin. the giant yeah. bin in the Five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the bench warmers? <laughs> that's that. the last. That's no. the last DVD that was. It's a good well, DVD. Her, her favorite movie, I think, is uh, huh? Hoodwinked. What is that? Uh, that's uh. Isn't that? I don't know. Okay, but yeah, she likes uh, DVDs. We haven't watched one in our whole. <laughs> life together <laughs> but we have a lot of dvds um but yes it just look like something that would be on sale at walmart Ugh, for five dollars it looks like a terrible movie yeah it probably was um but this is what i'm talking about like we got great pitching we've been getting great pitching all season long now the offense is starting to catch up we get johan Moncada back from the il we're gonna get aloy jimenez eventually back from the il Everything's going to come together. I mean, Yasmani Grandal eventually will come back. And if he's the guy that showed up last year, as it looks like Gavin Sheets is the guy that showed up after he went down to the minors last year, this offense is unlimited. Maybe not as good as the Yankees, but close in that range. I mean, mm. did, we, did we not think that they were going to be a great offensive team? I know the Yankees are far and away the best, but I think the White Sox are in that realm. The Yankees have 70 more runs scored yes. than the White Sox. So yes. I don't know if they're... It's a lot. Yes, but I'm saying they, they, we've known that they've underachieved. We don't have the home runs as the Yankees do, but this team can put up runs. At the end of the year, you're going to look up and you're like, okay, we're finally executing. Yeah, when the season started, the lineup was stacked. Yeah. And, I, and all, those yes. players are, all those players, when healthy, are still there, are still in that lineup. Yes. And, and that's what it comes down to. Because and, even right now, the guy that you thought or that everybody thought, was going to be the number one weak link, Josh Harrison, is tearing the cover off the ball right now. Well, uh, let's go to the Josh Harrison Ooh. stats uh, because he did end up leading the White Sox in RBIs today. He had three RBIs. He did hit the first home run for the Sox, and our producer, Stephen Nicholas, put this graphic together. Uh, since June 5th, Josh Harrison in 16 games is batting 365, 423, 538. He has 10 runs two home runs, and 10 RBIs uh, definitely has turned it around. And you know this was the big addition that you thought the Sox needed to make this offseason was second base. This is who the White Sox were expecting to show up. I mean, this is all-star, second base level playing. It's three weeks. Yes. That's three, 16 th- that's games. Three, three weeks, 16 games of, of the whole season. So, you know, obviously keep that in mind. But that's a good point, right? I mean, it was it – was, how in the world are they going to find somebody to get some production at second base? They sign Josh Harrison, and you go, okay, you know, like, Josh Harrison's fine. He's probably not going to be tremendous, but exactly. listen, right now, he's the hottest hitter on the team, and uh, that is exactly what they needed was a, a guy that could boost that spot in the lineup. Now, is that going to carry on for the rest of the season? We'll see. Probably not at those levels, but, you know, you just you want him to be good because, again, as we keep mentioning, everybody else in that lineup – should be expected to do that, right. you know, to, to have stretches like that, like we're on that graphic. Um, certainly, you know, you've gotten great seasons from T.A. You've gotten great season from Abreu. Uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn has been mostly really, really good. Um, it's time to start seeing that from, from Luis Robert, like you saw tonight. It's time to start seeing that from A.J. Pollock. It's time to start seeing that from Yoan Moncada. When Aloy comes back, you want to see – some of the alloy that you thought you were going to get, the guy who you thought was going to be slam dunk for 30 home runs and then, you know, go go toward 40. 
It's not going to happen because of the playing time, but you want to see the guy that can do that kind of thing won a silver slugger two years ago. Well, and hey, people were calling for Josh Harrison to be DFA'd, uh, you know, in May. Now people are calling for Leary Garcia to be DFA'd, mm, and he goes happen. two for four. So, hey, you know, who else are, are we going to just, you know, reverse jinx here uh, by saying let's designate them for assignment? I Dallas mean, Keuchel just struck out seven. So. I mean, you kind of uh, reverse jinx Jose Abreu at the beginning of the season. It's true. Because you're yeah. a hater. I, I mean, he had such a down year after his one MVP season. Such a down year where he almost won the RBI crown again. Right. Um, I wasn't trying to be too harsh. I just said that he was getting older. That's all, folks. I'm so sorry for being an ageist. Uh, the best way to support my ageism is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership and a free t-shirt from CHG Locker all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. PointsBet's your home for live in play betting and it's just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets and faster live cash outs with PointsBet. Again, download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll get a free CHGO membership so what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next product is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it offers real benefits that can help you can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. I know Herb was kind of itching for some Strava oh. CBD coffee when he came in today. He was looking for something to drink, and I mentioned Strava CBD, and he was like, man, we're out of it. So, you know, I, I felt bad for Damn Herb. CHEO people just taking all the Strava here. Hey, it's good. Jerks. And, and when it's around, you got to grab it. Strava is all about quality. Everything is in small bash, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD temperatures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com. When you use code CHGO25 at checkout, discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only one use per customer and if you already love Strava subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club with Strava you're in control save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule the first ad read fine second ad read is where we'll run into troubles our guy Stephen Galrit with a super chat if Sevy keeps this up what happens when Yaz comes back? Is McGuire out of options? I love that this question is being asked. Um, I do want to go to, I think it's Sox Haps, who had a great stat about uh, the White Sox first time since 2014 where they've had five players with two hits and two RBIs. Sebi Zavala, who Steven has the super chat, was one of those players. Yuan Moncada had uh, two hits and two RBIs tonight. 
Sebi had two hits and two RBIs tonight. Josh Harrison, who we mentioned, had two hits and three RBIs tonight. Robert, three hits and two RBIs. And Jose Abreu, three hits and two RBIs. How about but that? Sebi, Eight years apart, Abreu was in both of them. Oh, look at that. That's not, not too shocking. Uh, but Diane Vicieto, also not shocking. The, the greatest hitter uh, of our of our lifetime. Um, but he's Sebi's, killing it in Asia. He is. Yeah. He's, he's, like an, he's like a Hall of Famer. In, in He's in Japan, right? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Um, he's like a Hall of Famer over there. He's been going at it for years. I think it might be Korea. Is he in Korea? I, yeah. I think. One's the MPB. I think that's what it is. That's Japan. I think it's that one. Okay. He plays for the Chinchi. Uh, Chin, I should not say this. It's it's the NBP. NPD. That's Japan. Yeah, so yes. he's, he's, he's over in Japan right now. Uh, to Sebi, though, and Steven's super chat. Uh, <laughs> what if Sebi keeps this up right now? Sebi is hitting 289. Keeps getting almost thrown out at second base. 300 474. Stop it. Uh, Stop almost Sebi. identical to the play uh, yesterday uh, that we said we were going to bring up but never brought up. But uh, almost getting picked off at second base, but still uh, hitting. Uh, I mean, Sebi, what do we think? Maurice McGuire has no more options, and... That's why the trade happened. Yes, yeah. and additionally, Maurice McGuire, I think, is a better backup catcher. He, you know, Sebi's hitting the ball off the cover, doing a great job. I applaud him, but you have options, and I think Maurice McGuire is the better backup option for the White Sox there. This one I actually think is kind of interesting. I do think you're right. Obviously, you know, you play with the roster as long as you have as long as you have the ability to, and you know, there's nothing saying you can't bring Sebi back in a couple of weeks if you mm-hmm. were to send him down. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, you're not getting a lot out of the catcher position, you know, especially from 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 Yaz, disappointingly. Uh, uh, but is Reese McGuire a guy that you need to keep around? You know what I mean? Like, I, don't get me wrong. He's a guy they like. They, get, they have rave reviews right. for what he does defensively. They're very happy with how he's working with the pitching staff. And that right, right there is enough to keep him around. But... If you're trying, if the White Sox are trying to score runs, if the White Sox are trying to chase down the Twins and the Guardians in front of them, I don't know. Sebi Zavala, you know, we'll see. Sebi Zavala's had a shot before. This is not like it's the first time he's come up and, you know, been given a chance. And you know, you you have an ample sample size, which is trickier to say than it might sound, uh, <laughs> of of what to do with him. But you know, I think I think Reese McGuire is going to stick around, no doubt about it, for a while. Uh, but certainly Sebi uh, is, has played himself into an awful lot of playing time lately, and I think deservedly so. Well, and, and I think also, if all things being equal, if the, the White Sox had their perfect situation, Yasmani Grandal is a switch hitter, but he hits better from the left side. So when you give him a day off, you get a guy who's uh, from the right side, especially for a tough lefty, and Sebi's been doing well with the bat. So, yeah, that would be the ideal situation, but – the fact that Reese has zero options and they probably will not get him through waivers. So they'll probably keep him over Sebi who has options. Yeah. I mean, right now Sebi is the better catching when it comes to framing, uh, according to baseball perspective stat on that. Um, Reese was in the top 10 uh, really early on in the season when it came to framing. Uh, But I, I've just liked Reese as a defensive catcher. I think he's a better defensive catcher than Sebi. So it's really I would rather have the defense just because the White Sox struggle in so many other places defensively, and Yaz is the highest-paid free agent in White Sox history. It's not like you can get rid of that contract. So it is between Sebi or Reese here. And I, quite, I often, Reese. quite often, too, that's what you're looking for in a backup catcher is, is defense first. I mean, you'll hear that uh, from from the manager, from the general manager. That's kind of what you're doing, especially when you got a guy in Grandal who's – 
supposed to be so adept offensively. You definitely want to have as strong as a backup defensive catcher as you can. And I want to know, would they carry three catchers? They did it last year for a good stretch of time. Would they entertain that? Because they don't have flexibility other than playing DH first base or catcher for the three guys. I think it depends on how Yaz feels when he comes back from the injury. Because I think Yaz's health could force that to be an issue. We saw how how in relatively infrequently Grandal was catching in the when he was healthy in the first portion of the season. Uh, that was expected to go up. You know, he was expected to catch more and more as the season went along. But now he's been on the IL for a long time. He's still supposedly getting over those that that, that knee surgery that he had in the off season. Maybe he becomes a DH and uh, and and not because you know the of what anybody thinks of his defense, but just because what can he handle on a regular basis physically? Well, and I think one thing, too, with the Grindall discussion is you want him to be at 100%. You don't want to rush him back and don't want to see him struggling and laboring like he was early on this year before they eventually put him to the injured list. But right now, I mean, I think Zavala and Maguire can hold fort. I mean, it's not like the catcher position has been struggling since Grandal is at the IL, and since May 22nd, Maguire's hitting 305, 359, and, and an OPS of 749, so that will play. I mean, when both of your catchers, uh, Zavala and, and Maguire, have OPSs around 750, that's what Luis Roberts at right now. So, I mean, I am fine with the White Sox catching at this point. Uh, McGuire's been good behind the dish, and Zavala's been bad on the base bases, but uh, he's been pretty good with the sticks, and, and he's been fine uh, uh, defensively. So, I'm okay with where the White Sox are at right now um, defensively, especially with catchers, and I, I don't think that – um, you know, the most important thing is, like Vinny said, is, is health. And as long as Grandal is healthy, uh, then they'll probably get into, you know, what moves are best. But there's time and there's still options because Sebi still has options. Reese doesn't. But um, wait until the postseason. I mean, really, you can just, if you want to have the decision between, you know, Sebi and Reese, you can make that truly at postseason time. So I, I don't know if that's, that, that's something you need to decide on right now. It's kind of like the Mendick. Harrison and Garcia uh, dilemma that we were having a couple weeks ago. And then unfortunately for Danny Mendick, that sorted itself out in the worst way possible. Uh, a super chat again from our guy, Eli Stein. Uh, this is a super sticker. I don't know how that's different. Hippo character going really fast on his chair, propelling the chair across his room. So you see this I'm going to need, a, I'm gonna need an explanation on YouTube. You will see it. To us, it just shows the explanation of what this sticker is. I feel That's like a very, you could do very detailed description of what this sticker is. I was I, Googling it, trying to figure out what that was. I'm like, is this a quote from something? Well, hippo character. It's a sticker. The hippo okay. doesn't have a name? A hippo character. <laughs> He's um, a character. That's $10. Two, Ten U.S. dollars. Ten forty-two to be exact. Thank you for dropping is that. It, is it, but again, this isn't a specific hippo. It's not Peter Potamus, it's, it's, so no. to speak. It's, it's Cyrus Hippo. Oh, boy. It's Chase Hippo? I don't like that mm. name for a hippo. It's not a good name for a hippo. Hungry Hippo. Um, hey, I, I'm just like Ron Burgundy. You're going to put something up on the screen. I'm going to read it. Uh, <laughs> I might read it wrong, uh, but I will read it. Um, going into this this game, though, I mean, I, I don't think if there's – I don't know if there's anything – else that sticks out in your mind like the the Robert home run was was impressive the Harrison home run was was impressive as well the how about the Sammy hop too on the uh, Harrison home run mm-hmm. a little bit it was yeah. there a little bit hmm. I'll have and, to go back and, and watch that oh yeah one. oh yeah what he knew he got it and that's the thing I looked at you I was like Sean it's 3-1 he should be looking dead red and should catch it and crush it 
The White Sox have had so many opportunities, especially with Baltimore series, where balls were right there, down middle, and they would miss those pitches. He did not miss it. He absolutely crushed that pitch, and yes, he gave a couple Sammy hops there. But I would look at the Moncada double there. That looked like vintage Johan Moncada. That's good to see. He crushed that pitch, and he looked great. Spun on that ball and murdered that for a double. That's looking forward to uh, Moncada doing that more often. And coming off the IL after that 5-for-5, it looks like his bat is still right there because he had two for three today or two for four, drove in two there. It's a good sign to see Yoel Moncada batting sixth, and that's a great thing. Like, when Grandal and Aloy come back, where are they going to hit? Like, we're just going to have people just good hitters hitting six, seven, and eight. And, and that's then fine. maybe Josh I mean, Harrison, who's one of our hottest hitters, hitting ninth. Well, and that's what Vinny was saying. I mean, early on in the season before all these injuries were happening, it's like, oh, A.J. Pollock's batting seventh. I mean, this is such a deep lineup uh, for, for the Sox. And you mentioned Mankata, uh that double 102 off the bat. I mean, that's exactly what we were seeing uh, in, in Detroit. And the thing that I like about it, it was uh, Jaime, uh, Jaime Berea, and it wasn't off of uh, the other guy that Mike Trout was literally rolling his eyes out uh, at in center field. Oh uh, Pagaro ended up coming Elvis. in. Elvis Pagaro. TCB, who, baby. He who, did not TCB no, tonight. No, <laughs> he did not. Um, he, he comes out to uh, uh, Hound Dog. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that's not his choice, but sure. <laughs> I'm thinking the Angels the Angels uh, stadium staff might have something to do with well, that. They, they could have picked any other. Well, they don't have Elvis to do it much, uh, much longer. He's got a 14 ERA. Well, yeah. He, he, uh, he went uh, two and thirds inning. Uh, two, and, uh, two and two thirds inning. Uh, two thirds of it. Yeah, you got it. Two thirds of an inning. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You got it. Two thirds of an inning, two hits, four earned runs, Mm. and two walks, no strikeouts. And there's a video online. We can't show it, but uh, Mike Trout is frustrated that he's tipping his pitches. He's like, pull in your glove. Like, he was clearly showing the White Sox what was happening. And this is something that I like to see because you could see it with the Yankees. We saw it with Boston last year with Lucas Giolito in the Patriots uh, game uh, that the White Sox, I feel like, never take advantage of, like, pitchers who are truly tipping their pitches. We never really hear stories about that probably because, you know, if they have a secret on a guy, they really don't want to let that out. Um, but it's nice to see the White Sox, and especially Mike Trout, take advantage of a, a guy who's tipping his pitches, a guy who is who's struggling out there. I feel like when you see Cy Silseth, who is you know, after four games with a 495 ERA. You can say Silseth, but you can't, couldn't say two-thirds of an inning. No, I, I couldn't say two-thirds <laughs> of an inning. Um, I, I don't know Sil-Seth. the difference between W and Y, um, but I do know Sil-Seth. how to say Cy Silseth. Um, a guy coming in with a 495 ERA, like, the White Sox should be able to take advantage of him. And then through the first four innings, they have two hits, and it's like, what's going on here? Um, the fact that they were able to take advantage of a clear advantage or a clear mistake by a pitcher I, I love to see that and that was a fun inning where they just ended up racking up run after run after run uh, and ended up getting up to nine runs uh, by the end of this well and you asked what stands out and you were like oh you know they hit those couple home runs what else but I mean what else is that they strung all those hits together you know that they had stretches where there were four hits or five hits in a row put put six or seven of, of seven or eight guys on in a row and that's how you. That's how you score runs. That's how you. That's how you put up crooked numbers. Um, I mean, heck, they had that one inning where they had the first two guys on base. They had. I. I it was a uh, a single and a double. Yep. I think uh, Moncada and Leuri, mm-hmm. if not if Six I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, and and they had the bases loaded with the one out, and then T. A. hits into the double play, and it's like 
that's what you've seen too much of exactly. from this White Sox team, uh, you know, not cashing in on those opportunities. Thankfully for them, they had three, four other innings tonight where they were able to, to, to go off against the opposing pitcher. Again, it, it, it comes back to what we've been saying throughout this whole show, which is that's what this team is capable of doing. That's what that team needs to do on a regular basis because they, they got a lot of wins to make up. They got a lot of runs to make up as we talked about that run differential earlier. 59 uh, more. It went up, that's how they're going to do it. 59 more wins out of the next 89. Hey, <laughs> it could happen. Uh, and you mentioned, too, the top of the six, uh, that, that uh, inning was extended by a Josh Harrison walk. The Sox ended up walking four times tonight, and the big uh, seventh inning started with an Andrew Vaughn walk. I had an odd Twitter response during the game. After on TA, Twitter? Well, yeah. You had an odd response? Yeah. That's yeah. Can you believe it? Um, on uh, After TA hit it in the double play, a Twitter follower blamed Josh Harrison for walking. <laughs> that had Josh Harrison put the ball in play, then that would have been better ahead of the <sighs> double play. Well, there, but he did not also specify whether putting the ball in play meant that he was going to get a hit. Right. So, like, if he gets out, then there's just two outs. He loaded the bases with one out for a for like a guy who hits three thirty for a guy that went three for six. I mean, God, I mean, there's those people though that are so like anti walk that like a single is better than a walk. You you get on first base either way. Well, it's not in that situation. You're arguing what's better or worse. A single would have scored two runs in that situation, sure. But the point being that like. The walk is not bad. Right, like, no. the walk did not make Tim Anderson hit into a double play. No, no absolutely not. And I, mean, I, I love my man Paul Correct. But, see, and we're talking about some people just have a thing for another person. And Paul Correct saying, like, why are we giving this positivity for Moncada? He's had one good year in three years, and that was three years ago. Like, last year was a good year. I don't know what you guys are talking about out here. 263, he got on base 38% of the time. He walked a ton last year. He slugged 412, but it doesn't, like, he's not the hitter that you maybe thought he would be, but last year was a good year. He was a top seven third baseman last year. Top seven in the whole goddamn league. That's real Bill Simmons of you to go like, top seven. Top seven. Top seven. Like, there's 30 teams. Backing off on the top five? I mean, no, literally, I'm saying F4, if you're just checking if, there, if that's your stat. Right. He was a top seven third baseman. It wasn't a bad year. Like, I get mad at people who always come for Yohan Mankata, and he's had a bad year so far, but we know he's not this player. Come on, guys. He's, he's had a bad year so far. He's also been uh, hurt uh, the majority of this year as well. So, I mean— Well, it, and I, also, too, it's, it's, you're, it's, it's, that, expe it's that expectations yeah. game, right? Like, it's not—not it, not everybody on the team has to be the MVP— to be a good contributor to the lineup, right? And I think we walked into, or we, Yohan Moncada got stuck into a situation where everybody was like, oh, future MVP candidate. He better be that every single year. Right. And you can still be good and not be the best player. I mean, right? last year, like, you, there was uh, 10 players, I think 10 players that had 80 or more walks. He was one of those players. Yeah, he does something that's very, very good. That's that's something right. that he does at an elite level yeah, and would, plays great third base. I would base say defense. he was. I would say he was one of the six best hitters on a team that won the division. Well, and what's important for Jose Abreu to win RBI crown after RBI crown is guys getting on base. I mean, Yohan Moncada used to get on base, like Herb said, at a 38% of the time. There's not a single hitter right now that I think, outside of maybe Tim Anderson, has an OBP above 380. Like I'm just saying, like if if. Yoan Moncada is 2021 Yoan Moncada for the rest of his career. 
Please. That's not bad for the Mark White Sox. Mark me down for that. He, he like, went, that's that's maybe not what you thought he was going to do, but it's not like that's bad for the White Sox. He was a right? positive hitter. He was a d- great defender last year. Mark me down for that last year and what everybody thinks or most people think is a disappointment for Juan Moncada's career, like you said. It, yes, give me that. It's a completely different uh, run environment in baseball uh, that they're playing with this year. But if Juan Moncada had a 375 OBP, he'd have the second highest OBP in the lineup tonight. Tim Anderson is the only one that has a higher OBP at 382. So I, I, I don't know. And I, I do see people now saying that the White Sox shouldn't load the bases. Um, well, that's just... I, I don't know about yeah, that. But <laughs> um, walks are great. Sox probably shouldn't load the bases, though, because every time they don't get a run, and then uh, Sox Haps uh, put up a stat in there, I think it's at 10 for 57, uh, the White Sox are good. With, with bases loaded. Yeah, but I think things like that change <laughs> throughout you the You would season. imagine. Yeah, right. Get more hits. That's how you, you improve that. They used that, to be right? over <laughs> for bases loaded. Now they have 10 hits. So yeah, there you go. It's getting better, well, guys. And to the White Sox, I mean, we saw this from uh, uh, – from, uh, NBC Sports Chicago, uh, Chuck Garfine in his little WebEx by uh, Cisco uh, hit, uh, he informed us that the White Sox have the highest batting average on the road uh, this year. So, I mean, they're, they Which are getting hits. shocking. Yes. <laughs> the one thing they're not doing is walking. Uh, and they walk four times today and score 11 runs, which I don't think is too much of a, a coincidence. Got to let you know about uh, our good friends over at Owen. I've been trying to get this ad read right as possible, uh, as, as, as close as possible as I can. Have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their proteins are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly. They have no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. I've been moving this past week, and on Monday, I went back to my old apartment, and I was moving boxes back and forth, in and out to the car, filling up my car, and I really needed a snack to get me through that hour drive up I-90. And my strawberry banana... Owen just got me through it, and it was a uh, delicious tasting. It was cold. It was refreshing, and it gave me back all of the energy that I exerted in that move. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Owen and Chicago have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L-I-V-E-O-N. W-Y-N.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen. Only what you need. And this one I can pronounce. It's CHGO. Got to let you know about CHGO. This is the CHGO White Sox postgame show coming to you every day, live every day. We have podcasts, whether it be a pregame show, a postgame show, a pre- and postgame show. On Thursday at 2 p.m., we'll have a live show on the White Sox off day. You get all All of that for free. We want you to be a part of our community for free. We want you to be able to be in the chat like Courtney is. And thank you, Happy Moving uh, from Courtney. Uh, You helped me pick my movers. And my movers were fantastic. And shout out to Herb and you uh, for sending along uh, the the recommendation. But you also can get premium written content for members at All CHGO. There is another level. You can get all the free podcasts and free live shows. But you can become a member at allchgo.com. And members get First off, a free shirt when they sign up. So you're going to get dope merch to add to your closet. You get access into the members-only Discord. We call that the CHG Lounge, and we were talking to White Sox fans uh, during the game today in that Discord. And you get premium written content for members, and that's 
premium written content from Vinny Duber, from Jared Willis, who writes for the Cubs and White Sox beat. Ryan Herrera, who writes for the Cubs beat. You can check out all of their fantastic work, their weekly work at All CHGO when you become a member. And again, members get a free shirt, access to the Discord, and fantastic articles. So come help support CHGO and become a member. Uh, we want to learn your name, learn your face, and, and learn uh, how much of a passionate White Sox fan you are. So go to allchgo.com to become a member if you aren't one yet. All right, let's talk about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be a big day. Today. White, oh, well, I guess today. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, let's talk it's about today. It's been today for a while, too. Oh, uh, oh, 49 minutes of it mm-hmm. so far. Uh, let's talk about tomorrow briefly, or tomorrow. I, can't, I really cannot. You know what let's it is. Let's talk about. You the, know what it is. An hour, an hour. It took you, an, you were sitting on the on the Ryan and the Kennedy for an hour to oh. go from the south side to the north side. Yeah. Ugh. Traffic. It was not this fun. city. Oh. My well, goodness. And also oh. the express lane was closed. So oh. I mean that probably would have. Oh, eased was it my flowing day. the other way? It was flowing the other I way. It was going. That. It was going south instead of north. I needed to. It go always north. does it at the wrong time too. It, exactly. And and you just see all those people going as fast as they can in the express lane and just like, well, why can't that be me? Uh, but to you should m- just taken Western Avenue all the way. I can, but that will take like an hour and a half. It's the longest avenue in the world. They, cr- as they long created as you're the highway moving. for a reason. <laughs> um, tomorrow, Michael. <laughs> tomorrow, Jesus Christ. The seventh game of the White Sox and Angels series will take place on June 29th at 8.38 p.m. It will be Michael Kopech versus Shohei Otani. Kopech has seen the oh, Angels. Uh, he made his 2021 debut against the Angels coming out of the bullpen. He pitched two innings, allowing no hits, no earned runs, and three strikeouts. He also saw them another time, uh, and that was just coming out of the bullpen. So I don't really know how to gauge Michael Kopech's career versus the Angels. Shohei Otani, though. He's made a start versus the White Sox. He wasn't great against them, four and two-thirds innings, uh, and allowed a decent amount of runs for Shohei Otani. So the White Sox can hit left-handed pitching. Shohei Otani's a, a, a left-hander. Oh, he throws right. He's right-handed. Herb, what are you expecting versus <laughs> right-hander Shohei Otani? What t- what day is this game? Uh, June 29th. All right. Um, I'm expecting <laughs> today. And and I saw Wayne earlier. It's like, Herb, you sound pessimistic about tomorrow. It's not pessimistic. I just don't think they're going to score 11 runs off of Shohei Otani. It's going to be a slog tomorrow. It's going to be a game where you need to only score or you're going to only score three or four runs off the starting pitcher if that's at the maximum. They played him last year at the beginning of the year. I, th- I remember that game. I think it was the third start of the year. And, yeah, they got to him. But I am not confident that the White Sox in current state and how he's pitching will get a bunch of runs off of him. Hopefully they prove me wrong. Hopefully Lurie Garcia proves me wrong like he did today. Josh Harrison, all these guys out there who have been having good at bats as as of late, show uh, show Itani that they're not a fluke, and that today wasn't a fluke. That they can still hit top of the level uh, pitching in Shohei Itani. Well, and oh boy, that Shohei Itani game was the game that he hit the uh, the Dylan Cease home run off of. Uh, so that that's why I, I kind of forget his pitching line uh, that day. Four and two-thirds, two hits allowed, uh, three runs, only one earned. But he walked five guys in that game, and he's just not that type of pitcher. Uh, that was the first start he made in 2021. Uh, he's an elite right-handed pitcher. He's got a sub-three ERA. He strikes out 12 per nine. I think the White Sox might have a hellacious day, and it's kind of talking about that sink uh, that the White Sox haven't been able to find. They found it tonight with Johnny Cueto going six innings and them scoring 11 runs, but going up against an elite right-hander, we've seen it work against Kevin Gosman and uh, Justin Verlander, but 
the fact that he's got a great slider, the fact that he's got a, a blazing fastball, and the fact that he's got a disappearing split finger, I don't know if I love the White Sox chances tomorrow. He's very good. He's the reigning MVP for a reason. But, hey, you just mentioned it. They they just beat up Justin Verlander a couple weekends ago. Um, it's not impossible. That's why they play the games, right? And uh, everybody that wins the Cy Young, everybody that wins the MVP, going to have plenty of bad days because baseball is six months. But, uh, yeah. Listen, the, the the White Sox had a really good night tonight, and they uh, should be looking forward to continuing that momentum because we have seen them stitch it together for a little bit, for a little bit. It's going to need to be a lot longer than a little bit, but they have turned big games into into continuations before. They're going to need to uh, keep doing it in order to in, in in order to turn this thing around, and that includes against guys like Otani. Listen, they want to be they want to be the best. You want to be the best? You got to beat the best. And uh, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna do this, they're gonna have to do it against good pitchers because they're not just gonna be able to face the you know fifth starter on the Royals every game for the rest of the season. Well, I, I was gonna go into a little Ric Flair there. To be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> Woo! It's the, it's the same 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 idea certainly. And, and I was gonna say too, I don't think the Royals or Tigers have a Shohei Otani, uh, right? I mean this this might be one well, of Daniel the, the, Lynch, the, yes. the harder t- right. This might be one of the harder tests uh, that you're gonna face because a lot of AL Central teams coming up and they really just don't have the <laughs> pitching uh, talent like uh, a Shohei Otani. I know he's pretty unique, but uh, just for guys with a sub three ERA, I think the only guy in the AL Central that has that is Tariq Skubal. Um, so he's been really good. He's been great. Yeah. Um, so I'm he's glad- probably been hearing our pronunciation of his name that's why and he wants to keep you know himself in the league so he can keep hearing scooble scooble um and and just to update you too uh, on on those uh minnesota on the al central uh cleveland lost today to the twins uh twins won six to nothing uh actually they split a doubleheader uh lost three to two and then uh two to nothing so right now the Sox are six back uh in the al central 35 and 38 cleveland's 37 and 34 three games back in minnesota who are 43 and 34 we'll talk about shohei otani and michael kopech more uh later tonight at eight o'clock on june 29th uh, as we will have a live pregame show it will be the angels and white Sox deciding who wins the season series it's a seven game series and right now the Sox and angels both have won three so we'll see who ends up taking the series tomorrow kopech versus otani it will be herb Vinny, and i here for you on the pregame show at eight o'clock and on the postgame show after the final out is made you can follow Vinny duber on twitter at Vinny duber you can follow herb lawrence on twitter at ectorwall 23 you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson you can follow the show on twitter at chgo underscore white Sox. and again we'll be back here tomorrow starting at 8 p.m on the pregame show thank you steven nicholas for producing and thank you guys for hanging out with us late into the night here on uh wednesday uh but we appreciate you paul blank name socks hap Josh, all you guys for hanging out and giving your support here on the live stream. We'll talk to you later today uh, as the White Sox try to win the series versus the Angels. Thank you to Fleetwood Mac for the 1979 album Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.